So anytime you um, spend time with the Lord, make time for him, sacrifice for him, it's, it's always worth it. Um, sometimes the sacrifice is a greater sacrifice, um, depending on where you are. Um, this time was a pretty big sacrifice for Jen and I, and um, I knew I had to go. It was really good. Um, there's so many things the Lord did, so many things. Uh, one of the things that I would share is that um, there's a lot of speakers there that were able to articulate things that the Spirit will speak to you and you know it to be true, but you don't know how to put it into words. So, and and they'll, they'll confirm it in the Word, and it's like uh, it, it then becomes... A, like a, a block in your in your wall instead of just being something that you it, it, it makes it more firm and so um, one of the one of the things I walked away with is the fact that we don't um, let me see if I can word this I can't word it as well as they do um, but that your calling is not who you are you're actually you, your 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 identity is found in him your calling is what you, what you're gifting, what you do is just a byproduct of who you are. And a lot of times in, in church, and those of us that have grown up in church have probably experienced this, there's a lot of pressure on the gifting that God's given you versus, so what ends up can happen is you can start to operate out of your gifting instead of out of your identity. And so the Lord's just been, he's been speaking to me for years about my identity and who I am and who I am in him and just keeps unfolding and gets bigger and bigger and bigger and it feels like there's no end and um it's it's been it's um I feel like I'm just beginning and um it's been really awesome and really encouraging and so uh I got three things that um the Lord basically told me to share so um uh we always hear about seasons with God you know you're going through a season with God you're going through a season with God and um me and Brian, we got into conversation. And I won't get into all that, but but the Lord just really spoke to me that there's no there's no season in the kingdom of heaven. So if there's no season in the kingdom of heaven, then there's no there's no because the Bible says to bring the, the kingdom of heaven from heaven to earth. So there's no there's there's no season in the kingdom of God. So so when we go through things, it's just we just we're just walking with God. Sometimes it's good, sometimes it's really great, and sometimes it's not the greatest. Um, and, um, uh, I've been praying and seeking God for, for, for my healing. And, and I, I was like, Lord, why haven't I received this yet? Why, why haven't I gotten this? I'm doing everything that I know to do. Why haven't I received? And, um, one of the guys was talking about thankfulness and the Lord said, you, you haven't thanked me for your healing, but not just for healing, but you just haven't thanked me for, for being God and being who I am. And um, I'm like, I'm like, okay. And um, so that was, so that was a little bit of a spanking. And um, so, and then, then um, one guy was sharing and while he was sharing, the Lord showed me, don't, don't be careless with the things that God has given to you and to protect it with all your heart, like ministry, your family, you, you know, everything that God's given to you, don't don't be careless with it and protect it with everything that you have, and um, so so that's you know the things that he gave me and just just be thankful for what God is doing you know just like like they were singing up here this morning be thankful for the cross that God went on be thankful for for just the little things 
in life because because he wants us to thank him all the time. So, uh, <laughs> um, so much stuff happened. I wish that everyone here was there with us, but we definitely carried you guys in spirit. We were praying for our body, our region, um, everyone here, you know. So just know that you were lifted up in that way. Um, One of the amazing things that kind of hit me is, um, I know, like I was telling Tim, like we're kind of divided on whether we should watch movies like this, but that's not my point. But there's a movie called Harry Potter, and there's a school called Hogwarts or something like that. I don't know. And um, so all these kids go there, and they learn how to basically, I guess, do magic or whatever. What the Lord was kind of showing me is that the world hungers for the supernatural because it's real. And so when the church isn't being satisfied with this, that supernatural hunger inside, then they go to these counterfeits to try and find a fill for that void inside. And so I felt like I was at Christian, like, Hogwarts. <laughs> yes. I walked in there, and there was just people dancing around, like, praising the Lord. Like, they did not care about what anybody thought about them. And it was just this beautiful atmosphere, and I honestly didn't want to come home. I was thinking about, like, just how I could stay there, and um, it was just amazing because I feel like I got a glimpse, because this is the biggest church I've ever been to, and I was just very, I was, I had like a buffet, like, I wasn't just fed, I was overfed. And I shouldn't even have been driving here this morning. And um, so if you see me on the side of the road getting another um, DUI breathalyzer, <laughs> help me. <laughs> but um, one thing I wanted to share that was, no, I haven't been drinking. It's just when you're in that atmosphere, um, you're so overwhelmed. Like, I feel like my body is, like, set to up, like, I'm plugged into an electric socket because I just, and I was fine this morning when I woke up and I took a bath and I turned on worship music, and I shouldn't, maybe I shouldn't have done that because it it just all came back again, and I started trembling, and I started crying, and I was like, um, it's not something to be afraid of, even though I was very afraid of it, but this this event really busted my boxes open that I tried to put God in. One thing I wanted to share real quick that was cool is we met a lady, Lori, who was here. She came here before. And um, Tim wanted to introduce us, and she, like, um, prophesied over some of us. And a few weeks ago, I was having a really, really hard time. And this, I walked in my parents' shed, and this cardinal like, flew in my face, and God was like, that's your messenger, and I was like, that's not God, like, that's just my head, or whatever, and so I just kind of ignored it, but Lori prophesied over me, and she was just, all these things that I was asking God for confirmation for, 
they were just like one after the other after the other. And needless to say, I started off standing up, and by the end, I was on the floor just weeping because I couldn't take anymore. I was like, shut up. I was like, don't tell me another thing. And then I was like, what's your name? Like, I want to friend you on Facebook. And she was like, well, you know how to spell cardinal? And I was like, she, and I was like, yeah. And she was like, add an E. And then the Lord brought me that vision where he was showing me that he was sending me um, a cardinal. And that was, that, that was her. Like, she was my messenger to give me a word of the Lord. So it was just, it was stuff like that all weekend long, like back to back to back. It was just amazing. If anyone can go next year, please sign up to go. Okay, um, they said one of the first things they said was it's going to be hard to explain what happens at the weekend in a firestorm, and it's very true. It's kind of like it's kind of like special, and it's hard to explain. Um, but one of the things that on Wednesday night God uh, was telling me is, um, I've, I've like like with as far as worship goes, like I have like before you know you know gone, going on dance and stuff with for God, but it was always in a group where everyone was doing it, so it was easy. And like God was like, if you're not going to worship me. When no one else is, is it true worship then kind of thing? Like, is it, are you really giving your all if just you're going along with the crowd? And that night actually really did, you can ask them, I may have stepped on a couple of feet on accident, but um, I accidentally did. But it was, it's just a great time to just, it felt like, as soon as you start doing it, it's like, it's so freeing and like, you don't feel embarrassed, honestly. Like, you think you would, but you don't eventually, because it's like, God's like, he's pleased with that. And, um. Another thing is one of my favorite quotes from Todd Way. I just thought about this when I was up here. But it was, um, if you don't run into a couple devils, then you're probably going the same direction. Favorite quote. I don't know why, but, like, it just really spoke to me. And I'm like, I'm excited to, like, uh, step on a couple of devils' feet and stuff, you know. <laughs> yeah, it was kind of like what Timothy said. I totally agree. It was, the worship was great. Um, Todd White was amazing. Um, so yeah, I really enjoyed it. I enjoyed the worship and, um, and I got baptized in the Holy Spirit. (laughs) One thing that was said almost every single time we got in was shout to the Lord. Let's shout to the Lord, please. (laughs) Please. (laughs) One, two, three. Woo! I'm sorry if I'm really loud and excited. It's kind of me. <laughs> um, I have, I've been in that atmosphere a lot because I moved to Kansas City in the International House of Prayer. They work a lot like the Life Center does, and a lot of the time I'm just like, yeah, I'm home, I'm home. I get to do whatever I want. But um, there were a couple things that really just showed me to trust in God more. (laughs) It's a usual thing when we sway. But um, one thing, I have these, I got these coloring proverb things from my aunt for Christmas. And... um, Yes, but um, God was like, I want you to color these, and I'm going to show you places to put them in the chairs, and I'm like, I really don't know how I'm supposed to do this, and I'm like, what if I give them the wrong card? What if um, 
it speaks nothing to them. And then, or what if they drop it or they don't see it? I was just this nervous wreck. And God was like, stop it. I'm taking care of it. I know what I'm doing. Just stop worrying and you're going to be fine. Um, and while I was laying one of the cards down, this guy, he tapped me on the shoulder and was like, hey, what are you doing? And I'm like, I'm laying a card down that God gave me to this person. He's like, well, that's my sister. And I know that's going to bless her. I'm like, okay. And so then I, I left. I walked back to my seat and did worship. And then the next service, he finds me and he's like, you really blessed my sister. It totally went straight to her heart. And she was like drunk in the Lord after that. And all this stuff. I'm like, is this for real? Like, I, ha- you know, when, in the comics when they have the big question marks over their head? That's how I was. I'm just like, are you serious? And then he found me at the last service of that day. And he's like, you, I have to introduce you to my sister because she has just gotten so blessed. So he introduced me to her. Her name, her name was Rosemary. But um, she's like, your Proverbs spoke to me because ever since I was a little girl, I had this very like hard shell, didn't like anything penetrate it. I didn't do anything that made me feel uncomfortable. And, um, and then the verse that was on the card said... Above all else, guard your heart for all the things you do comes from it comes from it. And so it was telling her that throughout all those years she was guarding her heart and that the Lord was happy with what she did. Because if she didn't do that, um, she couldn't bless other people. And so she was very touched. I was touched because I'm like it actually worked because I was, I was being a Thomas. I was doubting. I'm like, eh, this is probably not going to really work. And if it does, praise the Lord. But I was just like, what the world? It actually worked. And then another thing, this is shorter than the last one, um, was I have an allergy to some sort of chemical that I have no clue what it is. And I kept breaking out. My hands, well, they looked like Christmas sausages. It's literally what they looked like. Red, puffy sausages. And uh, it happened one day in the afternoon service. And so usually when I break out, I take Benadryl, which makes me very, very, very sleepy. And I'm just like, I don't want to take Benadryl. Because I knew I was not going to be able to worship to the to the fullest and i just couldn't take the pain and agony and the looking at my hands and they look like christmas sausages i just couldn't take it so then i took benadryl and they all witnessed i was not the happiest person <laughs> i was grumpy i was tired um and then um I even was thinking in my head, I really don't want to go to this last service. I feel, I felt like a zombie, and I was just like walking around really slowly and everything. I'm just like, oh, I don't want to do this. But then I did it, and I went up to do worship, 
they have this huge area for everyone who wants to stand and worship. And they dance, they jump, they raise their hands, they shout, all this stuff. I was literally right in front of the the speaker, and my ears were going berserk. (laughs) But as soon as I walked in and I got to the place where I was going to stand for worship, my tiredness immediately went away. And I was just like, yes, I can do this. And I just thought that was really cool of how God's like, I know you don't want to do this, but you're doing it anyways because this is going to help you. So I just want to encourage you with that. When you feel like you can't do something and you're just like, do I really want to do this? Just do it. Just go for it. I mean, it's always good there. God's presence is just so strong and I think that's the most important part. Like the rest comes from that. Um, But some of the things that were said that was like stuck with me, um, the idea that, you know, we don't have to beg God to come down. The fullness of who he is is in you from the moment you receive Jesus. And you have the fullness of him and, and the authority that comes with it and all the power that comes with it. It's in all of us. And there's no junior, you know, version or smaller version or, you know, you don't have to be good enough. And God just, he wants to be with us, you know. And he just is looking for people that wants to be with him as much as he wants to be with us. He delights in you. He enjoys being with you. He loves being in you. And he wants us to want that too for him. Like, I enjoy being with you, God. I want to be with you. Like, that's what he's looking for from us. That's it. The rest comes from that. It's just an extension of that. And we have everything we need in us right now to be who he's created us to be. And, and it's so much better than what we have already and so much more than we can imagine. And I think that's, you know, that's in a nutshell um, one of the biggest things. And then another thing just I was talking to Chris on the way here in the car was um, the idea that when we are listening to God, like having conversations with God and having, you know, commun- communion with God, Sometimes we think, you know, I'm not in the right place or I'm not strong enough and I need to have this gifting or whatever to be able to hear. And like we think that we don't get to hear, but that's us putting our faith in us and our trust in us and our confidence in our abilities instead of in him. And all we need to do is trust that he made us, he knows what we need, and he speaks to us exactly how we we need to hear it if we just listen And so I feel like that's another thing. We just need to listen. Just make space and trust that he's got everything you need and he wants to give it to you because he's a good, good dad. Yeah, and I think the the phrase was set your faith on God's ability to talk to you. And not just you, but set your faith on God's ability to be able to talk to your kids rather than yours, right? Sometimes we think we have to like you know, be in a place or fast for 40 days or like do all these amazing things so that God will reach out to our kids. And it was funny. I was worshiping and I can feel it now. I was just like bawling. I was a mess. Right. And I was, and I felt like God said, what do you want? And I'm like, well, more than anything, what I want is my kids to know you in like this explosive, passionate way. And I felt like God almost like, it's funny how sometimes he speaks to me. Like sometimes I'll see like old clips of TV shows of like certain sections. It's, but I won't get into that. 
And I just felt like God said, well, that's great, because so do I. Like, that's my heart. But my desire is that it comes through you to them. And here's the thing. Sometimes that can come as like a condemnation. It's like a, oh, great. You know, somebody else is telling me I'm not doing enough. I'm not, and it was like, no. He like very quickly cut that off because that was, that was where I went to right away. I was like, crap, I haven't been doing enough. He's like, that's not it. You don't get it. I desire to do that through you. Just come to me. And that's all I'm asking. Like the table's always prepared. It's always set. I can't wait for you to come to me and just be with me. And I was just kind of like, wow, that's it. And he's like, yeah, that's all I'm asking for. And don't, don't trust in your ability to make all these things happen. Just trust in me, and I'll show you the way. And it was just, an, I was just, like, blown away. And I remember Kobe was there, and, and I grabbed my son, and I just started, like, I don't even know if I was praying about him, but I just felt like God was just kind of, like, flowing right at that point. And it was just an unbelievable experience. And I know sometimes people think, oh, you have to go to conferences, or, or, or sometimes you almost think, why do these people feel like they have to go to a conference to get God? It's the same Jesus here to there. And it is, and what the difference is, in my opinion, is just in that time frame, people have set their schedules, they've cleared it, they said, hey, I'm going to go after God. And it's a group of people that said, I've set my calendar aside, I'm going to come after you, and I have an expectation. And that's really the difference, in my opinion. It's not the place, I mean, don't get me wrong, you, you, could, you could take it back a few layers and say, well, you know, 30 years ago they planted this church and they planted it on this and God, profit. You, you can and that's fine. But the main thing is that today still people set their calendars aside and they say, guess what? Right now I'm going after God and have all these other crazies that are expecting God to do stuff, not just, you know, come and hear a good word and then go home and that's it. But that hit me hard when she's, we were driving back and it was, you know, set your faith in God to be able to speak to each person individually rather than your ability to be able to hear God for them. It's like he created them, he made them, he understands their DNA. It's just, so, anyway. It's making sure that no one else wants to share because I felt like God told me as soon as I got up here I needed to be the, well, did you need to share? I, I just feel like God wanted me to share last because what he told me to do, if I can get through it. Um, three things that I want to share that God shared with me personally, and when he had me write them down, he's like, I need you to give these to the church. So the first one, the first night we were there, um, before we even started worshiping or anything, um, the guy got up to pray first, and he said, God, help us to adjust our hearts And as soon as he said that, I saw like this big, you know, like a big Ben grandfather, huge clock. And what I saw inside of it was the gears that turn. And God said, it's time to adjust our hearts. And I felt like he wanted to give that to you guys. It's time to know who we are in him. And this, I feel like this whole week was a lot about identity. It was so much about identity. And before we even fathom or get to understand who God really is, we have to understand who we are in him. We can't go any farther than knowing who God is if we don't know who we are. Um, then the second thing that he asked me, he's like, do you love me? And I said, you know, yes, I love you. And then he asked, Do have you, but have you fallen 
in love with me. I mean, you, we love a lot of things. I mean, we love the people around us. We, I mean, the teenagers, when I shared this with them, someone said, yeah, like we love pizza. You know, um, I, Jesus is a lot better than pizza. <laughs> so the difference is, is the fallen, the, the just giving your all to him. And it, again, it falls back in your identity. And this is the third thing that... Um, when we prayed for Lori, he gave me a vision, and I shared it with her, but I feel like it's for us, too. And, um, okay, I got to stand in the middle, because um, I feel like we need to do this. He gave me this vision of her, but I'm going to switch the wording around to you, the body, okay? We're on this ladder, and if you ever climb a ladder, and if no one's holding it, it can be shaky, Right? And you feel kind of like, personally me, I am terrified of heights. And I know God is going to overcome my fear of heights one day. But so when I think of this, this is funny how he gave this to me. But we're, it's pressed up against this brick wall, this ladder, and we're climbing. And I'm seeing, well, I was giving it to her, but I'm wording it to you guys. So I see us climbing, we're climbing, but the ladder is very shaky, and I'm like, God, where can I pick up the ladder and place it somewhere else? Let me like place, put concrete around it, or place it on a different, uh, floor, you know, ground, not the soft dirt, or place it somewhere else so it's more sturdy. And He wouldn't let me do it. He just, I just stood there and watched us climb and climb. And then I, oh. then what happened in the vision was. I just stood there and watching this, and Jesus came, and he came up to the ladder, and he held it. It's not where the ladder was placed. It was who was anchoring it. Again, the whole identity thing. If we understand who we're anchored in, and he is in us and we are in him, then all things are possible. Amen. And as a, as a child, I've, I've had low self-esteem my whole life. So this weekend, I'm 36 years old, and I just feel like I'm finally grasping and understanding who I am because he is in me and I am in him. So God um, told me to do this. I don't know if it's going to make people uncomfortable, but I'd like everyone to stand if they will. I just feel like we all need to raise our hands. And raising your hands is a sign of surrender. And I feel like he wants us, me to pray. I don't even know what I'm going to pray, but it's, something's going to come out. So, Holy Spirit, we just thank you. God, we thank you. Lord, we surrender. We surrender our lives. We surrender this church to you. We trust you. Whatever comes our way, whatever comes to this church's body, we trust you. We trust you. We are so thankful. 
We are thankful where this church has been. We are thankful for where this church is going. I pray for each and every one that's in here, God, that they can understand their identity. Who you've made them to be and their creativity. Let their creativity to shine, God. You are the you are the creator. You gave us creativity. How beautiful you made this place to be. Lord, help us not to be scared of who we are, but to grasp it and run with it because you are in us and we are in you. Let us have know the authority we have. It doesn't matter the circumstance, God, or the season we might think we in. Like Brian said, the word, God, that he, you gave him was we make the environment around us. Not the environment makes us. We make the environment around us. Where we go, you go with us. Where we stand, the light will be in the darkness, God. The darkness will have to flee in Jesus' name. And God, we just thank you so much for the Mennonites that came before us. We want to honor that culture. We want to honor those people that, that worked hard and ran after you, God, and built with their hands and, and believed and had faith and put aside their own desires and wants to try and help and serve and minister to others and built families. Man, did they build families, God. And they, they just loved and they showed a different way of community and how to commune with each other, God. And we honor that and we thank you for the Mennonites, God. And we just, we just want, always want to make sure, God, that we honor and, and really give respect to um, the people who have come before us. I want to tell you one story real quick, and then we're going to open it up for those who are just standing up here to pray for you guys, if you'd like that. I was praying for a lady, and I realized that I was kind of distracted while I was praying for her, and I had a motive check, you know what I mean? I had a heart check. I just said, what am I, what am I doing here? Why am I praying for this lady? Because you know, there's like at least three reasons why I could be doing that. Like One, I could be doing it because... You know, I have a broken sense of worth, and, I, and I, if I know that God's using me, then I'll feel like maybe then I have value. That, that would be one reason, not a very good one. Another reason would be I'm praying for her, hoping the Holy Spirit will use me so she'll like me. Because if she likes me, then I'll feel like I have value. That's another reason. That's pretty broken, isn't it? So I had a heart check, and I was like, there's a third reason, and it's the right one. And the right one is I'm praying for her because of her value. And I'm seeing her as her value, and she has my full attention. She has 100% of my attention, and my whole goal is to get down on my, not, in, not literally, but in my heart, get down on my, on my feet, look her in the face, see her worth and value, and serve her because this is Jesus' heart for her, right? So I had a little heart check. That probably took about three seconds. And, um, and so I switched. I made sure that I was in the third posture, and, I, and as soon as I, that's, and I had been praying out loud while I was doing all this. Is that funny? Like, okay, we can multitask. Um, so I had a little heart check, put myself in that third place, and said, Father, what do you want to say to her? And right away I heard the word forgiveness. 
So I released a word about forgiveness over her, and I said, look, the loudest sermon you ever preach is forgiveness. It's not the words you say. It's not the things you believe. It's not the, the loudest sermon you're ever going to preach is the way that you let go of hurts that have been caused and do not withhold your love from those who have wronged you. That's the loudest sermon you will ever preach. And I thank you, God, that it's at work in her life. And I, I just said all this stuff that just flowed out of me, right? Like, that's how it works. And at the end, it was interesting. She had all these tears in her face, and she said, boy, that last thing you said about forgiveness was so God. And then she started to tell me her story about, you know, what had happened. And, and it was totally prophetic. It was absolutely God, right? But it was interesting to me that the only thing that landed on her was the thing that happened after I checked my motives. Isn't that interesting? One of the things that happened in my heart uh, toward you guys this weekend was I realized that we really need to be careful. You guys really need to be careful about what you say about Gateway. If Gateway were a person, if Gateway were a person, she'd have pretty beat down self-worth if she caught wind of some of the conversations that happened about Gateway. That was something the Lord was saying. This is what he was saying about you guys. You are a loving congregation. So please don't say otherwise. You are a faithful congregation. Please don't say otherwise. Your best days are ahead of you. Please don't say otherwise. The Lord's doing a fresh and new thing. You're a pioneering congregation. You're blazing trails with great cost. You're paying a heavy cost. Death is at work in you, so life can be at work in others. What you work hard for and lay your life down for and feel lonely in, the next generation will have a road to walk on. If you catch yourself talking bad about somebody who's not fulfilling your expectations for them and you have talked to others, but you haven't gone to them to restore them, repent, please, 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 please. If you don't enter into worship, if you don't enter into honor because of what you fail to see in the lives of the people around you, please realize you're cultivating a very unhealthy heart. One of the best words we got was from Banning Leibshire. I shouldn't say that, they were all amazing, but Banning Leibshire said, thankfulness. This is where I was going to preach from, was 1 Thessalonians 5. And um, (laughs) thankfulness is not in any way dependent on circumstances. And we're commanded to be thankful always. And so many times in the New Testament, the word thankful is associated with prayer. It's associated with in all things, give thanks. And Banning pointed out to us that thankfulness has nothing to do with circumstances. It has to do with covenant with God in the midst of the circumstances. It has to do with a perspective. And that the lack of thankfulness sets you up not to stand in a position to faith, which means your prayers won't be answered. Because it's whatever you ask in prayer, believing. And there's something about thankfulness that sets your heart in alignment with the goodness of God and the promises of God to believe for God. And then those prayers are powerful and effective and you're actually a part of the answer to the problem. I submit to you that God is asking us not to be like the cowardly Israelites who after seeing all the signs in Egypt complained and grumbled. But to be like Joshua and Caleb who instead of seeing the giants and saying, let's kill Moses, they saw the giants and came back and didn't give an evil report. They gave a courageous report because of what their eyes saw in light of what their heart saw. And that comes from thankfulness, which is no one can cultivate that for you. It has nothing to do with the people around you. Only you can cultivate that.
All right. Go ahead and stand. And those of you who had just shared testimony and so forth, can you guys come back up? And I want you to be available. Cindy Jacobs was scary. Cindy Jacobs was scary. She said, guys, your spiritual hunger is everything. She said, people are not as hungry as they need to be. Cindy said, I looked in the Bible and I saw the things that the Lord had done through the, through the apostles and I decided I was going after them. She said, I deliberately hungered and thirsted for every single gift of the Holy Spirit until I got it. I, like, I, I, know, I know that we, press, we, we talk about spiritual hunger quite a bit, but I want, I want you to know, when's, like, when, if the last time that you went after God when no one was looking went after an upgrade, said, no, I won't accept this. I won't tolerate this. I'm going to fight. I'm going to press in. There's more. I know there's more. There must be more. If the last time that that happened to you was a long time ago, you're not hungry. And your, your lack of hunger for Jesus will bear really bad fruit in your heart because a heart that's not flowing, like this is one thing for me, the Lord just kept saying this to me over and over, push the pedal down faster. Don't listen to your critics. Push the pedal down faster. Run harder after Jesus. Get godlier. Get more holy. Get more faithful. Fill more. You'll, you don't sheepdog the people. You know what I mean? You don't go to the people and you're like, don't, don't be this way. Be different. No, run harder after Jesus. Push the plane faster. Don't slow down. Give a greater ear to the Lord. Run faster. Push more water through the pipe to clean it out if it's clogged. Don't stop everything. Ah, sorry, I didn't mean to get off on that. Hunger. Press in. Rise up. So I feel like there's like two groups at Gateway. And I don't mean two groups that are disagreeing with each other. I'm talking about two different, like, sort of... There's those who just need to be told it's time to get up and fight. And then there's those who are actually going through really hard things and we need to get down on our knees and cry with them and tell them, you're going to make it. You're going to make it. You're going to make it. But then there's this other group, and quite frankly, they need to be told, come on, fight. Put on your armor. Believe. Press in. Pray. Don't you give up now. Totally different things, right? Or are they? Maybe you need a bit of both. Maybe your spirit needs to be told, get up and fight, while your soul needs to be told, you're going to make it. But that was what was in my heart. I just said a bunch of stuff. Okay. Clay, if you're in the house or somebody, can you serenade the prayer time? Somebody, I don't know. Musician, Anthony. Okay. Clay's like, okay. Yeah. Love you guys. I love you guys so much. Please know this about me. Anytime you need something, if you call me and ask me, I'm going to try to bend over backwards to be there for you. Love you so much. All right. If you want hunger or if you've got hunger, please let somebody up here who's just had a whole weekend of seeking God for four days in a row and has dealt with some stuff and in is a healthy place to believe and pray, please let what they've cultivated over the last few days benefit you. All right. That's it, I'll shut up.